You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts on Netroots Radio or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for the week of February 23rd, 2024. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where solar flares may be able to knock out worldwide cell phone service, but they can't stop us. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Hey, Blue Gal. Hey, Drift Glass. Aren't Happy you glad- birthday to our youngest child. Yes. Turning 20 this weekend. 20. How is that even possible? How did that even no, happen? I I know. And she's had car tire trouble. Interest. Yeah. Difficulties. Young, youngest child has had car tire trouble and so forth. And so yeah. we're looking forward to seeing youngest child this weekend and celebrating 20 years on this planet. For a hot minute. And then For it's hot back minute. to. Then I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> then it's back to youngest child's uh, more exciting social life and school and so forth. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And this yes. week I gave thanks. You know, you have a you have a little Thanksgiving diary you do every day. A yes, I do. Thanks thing. Yep. I gave thanks this morning for a landline so that we would be able to communicate. <laughs> yes, we still have a landline. We still have an old people landline, and it still works great. So you know, I'm sure at some point along the there's no actual wire involved the other end. I'm sure it's all satellite driven, but still. Pretty pleased we could talk to the outside world today without uh, interference. And, and call about the tire. I mean, the yeah. car tire. That was really Good. being on the phone about all that stuff. But yeah, um, we are going to start the show today with a big hat tip to Marcy Wheeler. Yeah. Also known as OG liberal blogger Empty Wheel. Right. Good old Empty Wheel. She's been around for 15 years. Oh, at right. least. Just as you have. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and she's made the entire 30-page indictment of Alexander Smirnoff available via PDF online. And we will link that in our show notes. Um, but the thing that brought her particularly to my attention this week, and I did say this to you, Drift Glass, mm-hmm. was, you know, she really did go full Drift Glass in terms of, you know, I'm going to say I told you so because I told you so uh-huh. about Stop. the Hunter Biden laptop bullshit. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and no one the, was the, listening to her. The younger people, the people who've only been like on social media for like two minutes, mm-hmm. might consider that going full bulwark. Yeah, you know? I know. Oh, God. I'm We're... tired of being right. I'm not going to play that, but no. yes. But yeah, no, this whole week. But, but Empty Will's been on this violin for a really long time. Yep. And, uh, you know, in, instead of listening to her factual analysis of what's actually going on, Mm-hmm. They wanted to get a quote from Jim Comer because right. that's how Washington Beltway media works. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this whole week, actually the entire week and every story has been a big, I told you so week for liberal bloggers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, here's Marcy's Twitter thread just to get some background on the Smirnoff story since that's what's dominating the news cycle this week. Mm-hmm. Quote, this is Marcy Wheeler. For people catching up, let's talk about the significance of Alex Smirnoff's Russian spook allegations. One, this matters because Bill Barr set up a back channel via which Rudy Giuliani could share dirt, including from known Russian spies, to be channeled to Hunter Biden investigation. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Bill Barr needs to go to jail. Rudy Giuliani needs to go to jail. 100%. There's, there's Russian agents. Or assets. Or, or assets. Or groups, whatever right. they are. Whatever they are, to- they're not working for the interests of the United States of America, and we have laws about that. All right, number two, back to Marcy again. Former U.S. Attorney for Western Pennsylvania, Scott Brady, claims he vetted these claims using travel records. The indictment makes it clear that the travel records prove Smirnoff was lying. He wasn't traveling to the places he said he was. Yeah, he wasn't and where. That's by, pretty. By, by weeks. By weeks, he wasn't where he said he was, and that's pretty basic. After Brady did or did not vet these claims, the Department of Justice shut down the assessment. But days after Trump yelled at Bill Barr, Richard Donahue ordered David Weiss to take a briefing on the allegation. He was supposed to check things that he only started checking last September. Uh Four, this claim is almost certainly why... David Weiss reneged on a plea deal with Hunter Biden and charged him with a bunch of shit designed to embarrass Joe Biden during an election. Right. Mm -hmm. Blow up the plea deal, put Hunter Biden on trial for the entire year 2024. That's the goal. Five, the reason David Weiss reneged on that plea deal while facing threats to his family was because of right wing pressure. Yep. And so it's stochastic terrorism. That's how fascism works. You know? Yeah. That's exactly how yeah. fascism works. We'll kill your yep. family if you don't make Hunter Biden the story for 2024. Right. And so um, this is how Marcy Wheeler uh, sums it up. I've been writing post after post about all this since Chuck Grassley claimed that Bill Barr's DOJ shut down an investigation into Burisma and then cycled a claim from that investigation into framing Hunter Biden. Few cared. Unquote. She was right. A hundred percent. A lot of people were right. Yeah. Lots and lots yeah. of people were right. And they're all the same people that always get ignored. And then years later, people wonder why no one was reporting on this stuff. No one right. talked about right. it. Why didn't anybody notice? Why weren't reporters? Well, there are plenty of people talking about it. They're just the wrong people. Like Josh Marshall, mm-hmm. you know, Talking Points Memo, which is, fun fact, this is the very first political blog I ever heard of. Uh, back during the dark days of the Bush re-election when a friend of mine recommended it to me on the sly because we're not supposed to look at these things uh, in the office back when I worked for the city of Chicago. Talking Points Memo and Josh are also enjoying some wider exposure, and rightly so. This is a headline from Talking Points Memo. This is Josh's own article. A bigger story than you can possibly imagine. Quote, I know that's a big headline that promises a lot. But I think it's true. David Kurtz has a good rundown of the events uh, in the morning memo, but I want to do my best to set them out in a larger canvas that goes back to the Hunter Biden laptop and really all the way back to 2015, a continuing Russian information operation that has been going on for almost a decade, unquote. This is something that Keith Olbermann read aloud today. Mm-hmm. This is something mm-hmm. that's being passed around all over the internet. You can pick it up everywhere, but it's he puts it up very clearly and succinctly and what a completely bullshit story this was from the start. How ridiculous the whole thing was. But the story he's referring to is headline, Russia's staggering success in duping willing Republicans and right-wing media. This is the one by David Kurtz that he referred to. Quote, the real issue, as I note above, is the reporters, editorialists, and commentators who vouched for and credited this whole edifice of lies and bullshit. 
Yes, they guffawed when James Comer came forward yet again with more revelations that never quite panned out. But they didn't give up hope. They were always waiting for the next revelation. Comer and his Republican colleagues hadn't proved hard evidence yet, but there was sure a lot of smoke. The entire thing has been based on Russian plants and intelligence operations from the start. Every bit of it. It's been obvious. And yet, well, they're all dupes. Somehow, almost a decade after this whole thing started, we're shocked to see, wow, Weiss's office was being led around by another cat's paw of the Russian intelligence services. We're shocked. But why are we shocked? Every last person among the serious people of the nation's capital and the sprawling thing called elite received opinion has egg on their face. And it's not even clear they fully understand it yet, unquote. They don't realize it because they're in the bar in Georgetown congratulating each other on, you know, Hunter Biden kept, you know, we have to do both sides. We have to do, uh, we have to equally accuse Democrats and Republicans at the same time. Yeah. And Trump is written into the fabric already. His corruption is just there. So we have to have a lively story about Democrats to match it. Of course. And that, that I mean, you know, going back to the earliest days of blogging, before I was a blogger, when I was just mm-hmm. reading Talking Points Memo, that was true of the Iraq war. It was true right. of, of the Bush administration. All the people who got on board, all the people who rolled over for that, all the people who call liberals crazy, stupid, anti-American, terrorist-loving scum – like Mr. David Brooks of the New York mm-hmm, Times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just blew it off when it all turned out yeah. to be wrong and shrugged their shoulders and said, well, you know, both sides made mistakes. And during the Obama administration, same goddamn thing. Every time Republicans threw, you know, gas on a fire or sand into the engine and stopped everything from working and broke shit, it was like, well, you know, both sides, why won't Obama lead? Right. Same goddamn people. And honestly, the same goddamn paper. One of the things I find encouraging, Blue Gal, is that Today, in the last week or two, people are starting to use the name Schulzberger out loud <laughs> all over yes. the internet. Like, why yes. the fuck is this guy doing this? What is his problem? And he will go on interviews where, of course, you can't ask him any hard questions saying, you know, attempts to criticize us is basically trying to intimidate us into picking one side or the other, you know. And I think we can locate the problem. Yeah, uh, it has to do it with is. the people who have inherited their jobs from their daddies and their granddaddies and people who run large media corporations as businesses, and people who run them as entertainment centers, so they want to get the maximum number of clicks, and don't give a shit about democracy, and don't give a shit about the public interest. It will never affect them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the opposite of that spectrum is like a friend of ours named Hal Sparks, friend of the pod, been on this podcast many times, and vice versa, who has been all over the Hunter Biden laptop fairy tale, because there is no physical laptop since day one. and he's there is no laptop. A thousand times. He has a show on virtually every day. He tracks Trump's speeches, and he has been on this shit since the beginning. And honestly, if you wanted to put anyone on television to talk, I'm sure he can slow down. Who's TV-friendly and a name and an actor and has done television shows before? And can talk about this stuff with deep, factual memory and bring Mm -hmm. it all to the table at the moment. Put Hal Sparks on MSNBC. Put him in the middle of this stuff. He'd be great at it. They're not going to do it. Because he might go off script and start talking about what a bunch of bozos that people are in the morning. Like, you know, Joe Scarborough. And that's the last time you're going to be on the Ed Sullivan Show, sir. So I want to talk for a minute about, we're making fun of this and laughing, but I'm so incandescently angry. I told you yesterday, this feels like the day after Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Russia is attacking us. Ongoing. 
an ongoing, ongoing yeah. interfering with our elections. Mm-hmm. And the Republican Party is continually helping them. Fox News is continually helping them. They are traitors to this country. I know you say that all the time. I do. And I sort of let you. Uh-huh. But it it became very clear to me yes. that we are being invaded electronically and mentally. And politically. And politically. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, it does, it just feels like, oh, this is Pearl Harbor, but the day after Pearl Harbor, the entire Republican Party goes, well, it's good for our side. Bomb away, Vladimir, bomb away. The day before Pearl Harbor, they were out in the Pacific directing the planes. Right. The day after, them, like, yeah, right. this is good for us, good for Republicans. Yeah, Rudy's coming in to show where the naval base is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No, this is, this is ridiculous. And- Rudy and Giuliani needs to go to prison. This is the most by by no by by any measure. This is the most successful uh, terrorist spy treason attack on this country. In Absolutely his, in history, and, and an entire political party is complicit. And that's the problem. You yeah. you can't lock up a third of the country. You can't yeah, lock right. up an entire political party. Except you know after the Civil War they kind of did. Yeah. But yeah. they had to actually understand that they were at war, mm-hmm. and then they had to actually win. Mm-hmm. And then they actually had to hang a bunch of traitors, yeah. and then they could be lenient and say, well, this guy was just a jerk, and this guy was a dupe, and we'll let him you know, run the you know, University of Virginia or whatever. But <laughs> after a while, I hope it sinks in at some point that these are the enemies of this country. Mm-hmm. And, and as to the way the Republicans are reacting, I've used this with you before. I've talked this way with you before about... Um, the the empty Republican refrigerator, and and they keep opening the door, hoping there's some Reagan pie in there. <laughs> and there's and it's, it's like they're it's drunk. It's two in the morning. They want something, and they keep opening the fridge, and there's nothing in there but like two month old rotten ham, and you know maggots. There's nothing in there at all. And they, they go, oh, shit, that's right. It's empty, isn't it? And then they stagger away. They come back a minute later, like, maybe if I just linger or lean on the door and stare into the place, Reagan pie will come back and then we'll be fed and we'll be happy. And they don't seem to understand that it's empty. There's nothing left in there. There's nothing left of their party in there. And this is also true of the, of the mainstream press. They keep expecting there to be more there. There's got to be a pony in there somewhere. And they keep opening the refrigerator door at two in the morning and getting shocked that it's exactly the same horrid shit that was in there five minutes ago. They don't ever learn. And I mean, both the Republican party and the mainstream press do not learn. And for two different reasons, I think slightly different reasons. The Republican party can't learn. The base is our reprogrammable meat bags. It just that's a fact. They can't learn whatever they're told to believe they believe. And they're going to be this way till the day they die. They cannot get any better. The party leadership can't get any better because if they change their mind, the base will kill them. Mm-hmm. And the mainstream mm-hmm. press cannot change what they do because if they start admitting that, you know, liberals are right about a lot of things, the whole thing unravels. The whole idea that we are above it all, we're elite, we have a staff of the hundreds, we, we have a big building in New York, and we're smarter than everybody else just falls apart because mm-hmm. you've been wrong about everything you're, and you've, you've been, been really lying dumb. about it. You've been really dumb about doing your job. Yes. And you, well, yes. and they've redefined their job as simply taking the midpoint between two positions and saying, you know, because, you know, Democrats and Republicans, both sides, you know, Pearl Harbor, uh, U.S. and Japan, you make up your own mind. And so all of that would fall apart if they had to admit that one side was actually right. Because then you, mm-hmm. what, what what purpose will the New York Times serve? 
or or meet the press. What what point would there be? One side are a bunch of lying Nazi lunatics, and one side are actually right about most things. Why don't we just listen to these guys? Why are we listening to you? Why are you, why are we listening to anyone trying to mediate between a pack of lying Nazis and normal human beings? Why don't we just listen to the normal ones like Josh Marshall and Empty Wheel? Mm-hmm. Because then we'd all lose our jobs. Well, then and the nobody... money, the money is there. It, it they open the refrigerator and there's a pile of money in there yeah. to set in order to say there's something in the fridge. Oh yeah, there is something in the fridge. I get paid every time I say something's in the fridge. So mm-hmm. that's it. Um, let's get back to the story though. Smirnoff's claims were the central pillar of the Republican impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Right. Central it. to it. That's it. And Democrats have called for an end to the probe after the Smirnoff indictment. It's over. You can lay it to rest. Mm-hmm. But Republicans have instead claimed their case is not reliant on the false claims, and instead they would continue to follow the facts. Hey, guess what? We follow the facts. They lead to Moscow. They lead to Moscow. Mm-hmm. Republicans had to resend a letter to a potential witness in their impeachment inquiry because they had to delete references to the discredited FBI informant in their original letter. Oh, Jesus Christ. So tear up the previous letter that talked about the FBI informant who's been arrested for lying. Mm-hmm. Keep digging, boys. Just keep digging. And of course, the the cover-up. I wrote a whole post today at Crooks and Liars about how the cover-up has begun at Fox. Yeah. We're going to talk about sawdust. Right. Rather than talk about how the thing we've done 2,000 stories about in the past year mm-hmm. is bullshit. And th- this might lead to a little friendly competition between Fox and Newsmax. Because <laughs> in, our, in our little, um, in our little uh, uh, steeplechase last night, Fox was off on some other fucking tangent, you know, mm-hmm. the sawdust or whatever it was. It was just. Well, and, uh, and Laura Ingram had Trump on to talk right. about vice presidential possibilities. Right. That was, that was Tulsi the plan. Gabbard. And she's either, I don't know, she's running a constant cell phone filter over her face. Yeah. Or she's had a yeah. Botox over, overdose or she's like having a slow stroke of some kind because she looks fucking scary at this point. She looks like something. Well, from she's Brazil. exhausted. She is in charge of propping up Trump. And that's a very hard job. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Fox. That's And over on Newsmax, they're just still going with the impeachment. Well, the, the $5 million thing is probably still a thing. You right. know, that's probably right. still... Uh, just, let's and, just pretend. Right. And just bull right through it. You know, fact schmacks. Who fucking cares? Now, the news of the complete collapse of Comer's show trial and all the underlying conspiracy by, let's face it, dozens of Russian assets and Russian dupes inside the Republican Party did manage to breach the Fox News reality deflectors, which was shocking and delightful, and everyone had a good laugh. This is Jessica Tarlov, the lone left-leaning panelist on the Fox News 5, shaking her head and making everyone else very sad. This is the path that they've chosen to take, and honestly, I'm surprised that they have this high of a threshold for humiliation. Every witness that they have called has decimated their arguments from Devin Archer to Peter Schwerin to Marvin Young. And then we have the guy behind the Holy Grail document, the 1023, Alexander Smirnov, Mm -hmm. who's found that he had lied, right? about the charges, the $5 million that went to both of them. And then it gets even better. Not only did he lie, he was lying because the Russians were feeding him the disinformation. Mm. 
It's so embarrassing. I think Jamie Raskin was spot on when he said that this impeachment inquiry really ended yesterday when we found out that we have a Russian asset that was foundational to this impeachment inquiry. And uh, Jim Comer and Jim Jordan should maybe try doing something for their constituents and let this go because it's going nowhere. That's what the kids call epic fail. Hey, Drift Glass, Republican primary is going to be lit. I've heard I've heard that said. Have you heard that? Yeah, once or twice. I'm so happy when I when people reply to me on social media or on our Patreon page and say, Uh oh, by the way, Blue Gal, did you notice this one? Primary (laughs) is going to be lit. And they are. I got to say, building a community is kind of awesome because when we get both sides stuff over the yeah. transom all the time, yeah, um, don't no fair remembering that stuff all the time. Like, Reprogrammable yeah. meat bags. Somebody yeah. brought that up today. Yeah. Cool. It's great. Um, there was an Ohio Republican Senate debate this week, Drift Glass. Yeah. And uh, it was quite amusing. It, it looked like a Saturday Night Live skit because all three of them were dressed in navy blue suits with long red dyes. Uh-huh. It was Trump cosplayers, white millionaire men, uh-huh. three of them that all want to be U.S. Senator and beat Sherrod Brown, which sure. good luck. I, you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, this, this debate was on television in Ohio and the people doing it knew they were on television mm-hmm. and yet Ohio GOP Senate candidate Bernie Marino implied on television where you can take that clip and run it again in ads from now until November. Uh He said out loud, implying women don't need abortions as long as they have help putting the stroller in the overhead bin on an airplane. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and and maybe you could use his private jet, Bernie Marino. Uh, He also doubled down on his support for a national abortion ban. On television. Oopsie. Being recorded. Oopsie. Yeah, so this stuff about we're going to go state by state is just all bullshit. Yeah, it's it's all bullshit, bullshit. Yep. Uh, On the other hand, Wisconsin Republican Senate candidate Eric Hovde is a mega millionaire California bank owner. Sent by Mitch McConnell and national Republicans to try to flip Wisconsin's Senate seat. And he's prepared to spend at least $20 million of his own money. To do it, to which we say congratulations, Tammy Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and I don't know how long he's been doing porn, but the really, stash, the the must, a, mustache is is significant. He's got to lose the stash, or it's going to be nothing but you know, bow chicka bow bow. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, in Massachusetts, apparently, uh, Mitch McConnell couldn't find a single Republican to run against Elizabeth Warren, so they brought in John Deaton from Rhode Island. He is a pro-crypto lawyer who does <sighs> practice in Boston. He has a, he has a license to practice in Boston. Uh, so watch for debates this year about how the government shouldn't regulate crypto. Um, he's also a mesothelioma, mesothelioma lawyer. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that right. but Mesothelioma. There we go. Mesothelioma. Yeah. Yes, he, he's that. And so, you know, he, he does those kind of cases. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's easy to understand why a guy like that would take on running for the Senate in Massachusetts as a Republican where you're not going to win. It's Mitch McConnell paying for advertising for your legal firm for a year. Yeah. It's, it's Saul Goodman running for the Senate in Arizona. And knowing he's going to lose and he's, he gets his name and face splashed lots of free media for 12 months. That's sure. That is a, a easy decision to make if you're 
if you're looking for publicity. But I, Drift Class, I have a really serious, no joke question to ask. Mm -hmm. And I'm not being facetious here at all. Mm-hmm. Is Mitch McConnell just calling his millionaire donors and offering them a random U.S. Senate candidacy? Apparently. I mean, you know, which state do you want to run in here? It, it It's almost like, you know, the way some administrations, most administrations, frankly, do like minor ambassadorships. Right. Ambassador to Great Britain sure. is the biggest donor. Right. Yeah. I mean, that well, just is. The Court of St. James. They've done some reforms in that area. Yeah. If Thank you, Elizabeth Warren. They've done some reforms in that area. But if you want to be ambassador to Tahiti, right. and you drop a $2 million check, I'm right. pretty sure we can make that we happen. We can make that happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that used to, at least that used to be how it was, right? Yeah. Um, you couldn't tell which state Eric Hovde was running in from his introductory advertisement. And we assume it's because Mitch McConnell didn't tell him which state we'd picked for you yet. <laughs> you're, you're a banker in California. We'll find someplace for you to run. Yeah, just get get your name out there. Just get your yeah. name out there. Yeah, all people great. know about you at this point is that you did porn in the seventies. That's all <laughs> anyone knows about <laughs> and they, you. They know that just from looking at you. Yeah. Um, one person Mitch McConnell definitely did not recruit for their Senate race is Arizona's own Carrie Lake. <sighs> and now Carrie Lake says her dissing of St. John McCain back in the day was just a joke. Oh yeah, because she's you known know, for it. It was just a joke. This is from. Uh, azcentral.com. Number one, Carrie Lake was just joking when she told supporters of the late Senator John McCain to get the hell out of one of her campaign events during her run for governor. And when she called McCain a loser, yeah, I know, hilarious stuff. Well, she's just, she's slaying him down to chuckle. She's slaying him. It was said in jest, Uh Lake explained during a Monday interview on KTAR. And I think if John McCain, who had a great sense of humor, would have heard it, he would have laughed. You know, the irony being the one person who would have laughed at that joke is dead. So, you know, I, <laughs> it's such a sad irony. He's, he, is, he is laughing at you from the great beyond now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the woman who celebrated her 2022 primary win for governor by proclaiming, quote, we drove a stake through the heart of the McCain machine. Number two. She's now trying to moderate her stance on abortion as well. Hmm. The previous Carrie Lake called abortion the ultimate sin mm-hmm. and extolled the virtues of Texas heartbeat law that all but banned abortion. But now there is a ballot initiative underway asking Arizona voters to enshrine abortion as a constitutional right in the state. Mm-hmm. And that constitutional ballot initiative will be on the ballot at exactly the same time as Carrie Lake is on the ballot. And so they asked Carrie Lake about it. She said, I would support what the people of Arizona support. <laughs> Goddamn. And you use the word, that Monty Python word, splunge. 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 You guys means... need to go and look that up. That's yeah. a funny skit. It's a funny, it's about working for a, a, a Hollywood executive who's a giant asshole full of terrible ideas and keeps firing his staff every time they agree with him or disagree with him because, you know, they agree with you. You're just a yes, man. You're fired. I disagree with you. Well, yeah, I said I didn't like yes, man, but my idea is brilliant. So you're fired. And they get to one <laughs> sniveling little employee and he goes, oh, splunge. It means <laughs> it could be a, a good idea, but maybe not. And I'm not a yes, man, but I do agree with you. 
and Splunge, genius. And anyway, he keeps his job. With obviously, Splunge. Python yeah. goes does a much better job than me reproducing it. But that has become that was how people reacted to Trump. Yeah, back in 2016, Republicans were like uh, endorse but not support. Right, support right. Support but not Splunge, you know. Just don't kill Splunge. me. Yeah, yeah, just don't kill yeah. me. That's what it means. And so then we get to the ultimate, the ultimate Carrie Lake moment. She's flipping on her own claims of a stolen governor's race at long last. Uh, I guess she's taking Tim Miller's advice because he told her to just, you know, you're you're blowing it here. Um, It seems Lake, who spent 15 months fuming, filing lawsuits, accusing people of rigging elections and wearing a jacket that said Governor Carrie Lake on it. Yeah. Uh, she no longer wants to talk about it. <laughs> and in fact, now she's really not sure who stole her election. I don't want to sit and look backwards, Carrie Lake said. Meanwhile, Democratic candidate for Arizona Senate, Ruben Gallego, introduces his Act Blue fundraising page like this. Ruben Gallego for Arizona. It's official. Ruben is up against MAGA extremist Carrie Lake. The end. Period. Full stop. What's the reason to vote for Ruben? He's not Carrie Lake. Now, the story of Republicans sabotaging the best goddamn border bill they will ever get because Donald Trump told them to was reported all over the media as something like it was shocking. This is shocking this happened. It was amazing. This is some never-before-seen development in politics that might finally cause the party base to begin losing faith in their dear leader, which is bullshit. All of that's bullshit because... To the Republican base's brain, there is no enemy more hated and more dangerous than Democrats. There's no enemy more destructive and monstrous than Democrats. So since no goal is more important than destroying Democrats, any sacrifice is worth it. So. Let's go back and talk for a minute about Romney Care, shall we? Mm-hmm. You know, Mitt Romney Care, the the uh, alternative to Hillary Care that the American Heritage Foundation or or forget which one, Cato Institute, one of those guys, one of those right wing guys, cooked up because they didn't like Hillary Care. It was a market based approach to health care. Mitt Romney adopted it. He put it into law in Massachusetts. It's he made part it work his, in Massachusetts. It he worked. really did. It's, yeah. it's yeah. on the desk, I believe, of his portrait. He's yep. it, it being signed or it's been signed. It's in his book. It's in the hardback version of his book, not the paperback version where he took it out because it was embarrassing. Well, that bill became Obamacare. Barack Obama and the Democrats figured out that the way you get Republicans to sign on to fixing the problems with health care in this country, you know, like the problems at the border, is to just give them their own bill. Take their own bill, make some minor changes to it to make it acceptable to at least enough Democrats that wouldn't go nuts, and pass that. And Obamacare was the border deal before the border deal. Because back on the night that Barack Obama was nominated, uh, won the nomination, I'm sorry, back on the night when Barack Obama was inaugurated, that was January 20th, 2009. The leadership of the Republican Party, some of you remember this, met at a Washington, D.C. restaurant called the Caucus Room. And they met there to draw up plans to sabotage the brand new President Obama in every way possible and deny him any legacy at all. In fact, Congressman Pete Sessions even promised to use Taliban-like tactics to achieve those goals. Kevin McCarthy, remember Kevin McCarthy? 
Some of you might not remember him, but he he uh, really rose up in the party until he crashed and burned. Said that they'd obstruct every single piece of legislation. That includes things that Republicans used to support. The caucus room conspiracy came up with three major goals. Number one was to use obstruction, knowing that the corporate media would call it gridlock, as if the Democrats were responsible as well, to prevent Barack Obama from having any legislative success, deny him everything. Number two, sabotage any legislative victories that the president might manage to win, like Obamacare, and convince U.S. citizens that they were actually failures. This was up to and including filibustering their own bills. And third was, of course, blame it all on Democrats and wait for the corporate media to ask, why won't Obama lead? Why won't Obama fix this? What's wrong with Barack Obama that he won't compromise with these Republicans? That tool of of blowing up their own bridge, of destroying their own legislation just to fuck with Democrats was not something Donald Trump invented. Right. It It was a tool that was on the table in their toolbox already that he just used. It was a Republican thing before it was a Trump thing. The difference is Trump said it out loud instead of going to the back room and cooking it all up. But it's not that big a difference because all of the effects of the caucus room conspiracy were done out in the open. They yeah. just did it right out in the open. They, they filibustered their own, own bills. They talked about it. They laughed about it. They bragged about it. They just relied on assholes like David Gregory and Chuck Todd and New York Times, not to mention the fact that this was happening that they wouldn't talk about the fact that this was a Republican conspiracy to deny a Democrat a, a, a an important thing to save the country from a big problem just because they hate Democrats more than they love anything else. Yep. So, yep. and this that's exactly what's happening with the border bill. They would rather blow up their own bridge than let a Democrat cross it and fix a problem. Yep. And that is entirely consistent with the fact that the Republican Party are a party of traitors, liars and grifters and there's nothing left saving in that party nothing at all they don't believe in any policy at all no and they rely on two things their base being reprogrammable morons Mm -hmm. and and meat bags and then and the mainstream press just just covering it up for them pretending it's not happening just so all the the few normies that are left the few both siders out there the few centrists have a plausible deniability of taking a side they don't want to take a side they want the New York Times to tell them there's no difference between the two so that they can then go ahead in good conscience and either vote for Trump or not vote for anybody because they don't want to take a side because, you know, both sides are bad. Might have to do something if one side is actually bad and one side's not. I'm going to remind everybody right now that Peter Baker of the New York Times brags about how he does not vote. Right. He does not vote in elections because it would ruin his impartiality. Right. Right. That's right. That's the lie he tells himself. Okay. Um, big props to Lawrence O'Donnell for his 27 minute monologue on yeah. Wednesday night. It's up at Crooks and Liars. It's very good. Um, really the whole drop Biden bedwetting and how impractical it is, how stupid it is, how based on unreality it is and, and really worth listening to, but it's main virtue is that it aggregates all of the savvy pundit takes about Biden in one place. Um, We're not going to go too deeply into this. Josh Marshall also has a lot of this on his Tuesday podcast. Uh Um, And uh, really, uh, Talking Points member covered this as well as anybody. 
Yeah. Um, but you did want to talk a little bit about the fucking media drift class. I did. I did. And, and I want to give Lawrence Stahl props for going all the way back to the, the people who wish cast into the past. Yes, like, right. well, okay, maybe it was impractical now. Maybe maybe nobody else could beat him now. Maybe Gavin Newsom can't beat him now because all the polls say that and we're not going to talk about that. But what about three years ago? Maybe three years ago, if Joe Biden had just announced that he was stepping down because he was old, then this whole thing would have been avoided. And 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 Lawrence O'Donnell points out the obvious fact that, yeah, and instantly make himself a lame duck. Instantly make himself irrelevant to Congress. So Republicans do whatever the fuck they want because they don't have anything to fear from a second term. He makes himself impotent. And all those good things that he has done so far don't get done. So Lawrence O'Donnell did a really good job of that. But broadly speaking, it's the media, it's the media, it's the fucking media. Now, some guy named Adam Carlson on social media said the following. And there's a point to me quoting some Twitter rando, so bear with me. Quote, rarely agrees with Nate Silver, but this one is one of those times Biden should be out doing a lot more public events and interviews. This piece hit home for me in a way that the Ezra pod did not. It's proposing a realistic solution for Biden to help his reelection prospects, unquote. So what is wrong with the suggestion that Joe Biden should be doing a lot more public events? The fact that he already is doing a lot more public events. It's just that Adam Carlson doesn't know it because the media isn't reporting it. This is from a Twitter named Jameset Williams, quote, problem is that the 2.5 weeks of February, Biden did the national prayer breakfast, met with military families, a UAW event in Michigan, multiple open press campaign events in Pennsylvania and Nevada, White House Black History Month event, and gave speeches with Germany and Jordan. His schedule is public and packed, unquote. And, quote, if you want to bump your gums like silver about what the president's public events schedule should be, you should at least look up his public events and how and if they were covered. And the most important thing is that during all those events, Biden is talking about the results he is delivering for the American people and plans for the future, what people actually care about, unquote. This goes directly to the Lawrence O'Donnell critique, which, which was the actual important stuff that goes on in governing is the boring stuff is the policy stuff, is the stuff that Franklin Roosevelt did in a wheelchair, falling asleep some of the time behind closed doors. That's the important stuff, and that's the stuff Biden does really well. And that's the stuff the media can't stand because it's not snappy. It isn't a show. It isn't performative, which is all they know how to do. So check Biden's actual schedule and send a reporter or two out to do that. Start putting, you know, Russian treason on the front page of the New York Times mm-hmm. for 17 days in a row. Right. You'll Biden's get great own- ratings if you do that. Yeah. We're at war Bi- with Russia now. And, yes. and restrict Biden is old stories to once per week on page A16 and just see what happens. Yep. Yep. Now, and and the other thing is, Driftglass, that if they did that, they would succeed in their would. stated goal of getting attention from the public. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to talk about the Alabama IVF case as someone who gave birth to three babies in Alabama uh-huh. uh, and also had infertility treatment. Uh-huh. And I was uh, not, I did not need to do IVF. That is, you know, a very expensive procedure. And that is a last resort. And fortunately for me, and I'm very grateful to say this, I was able to use other means and drugs and so forth to get pregnant, including surgery. I mean, I had to have a lot done, but 
I have three children, three healthy children to show for it. All of them were conceived and born in Alabama. So I think I know what I'm talking about <laughs> when it comes to infertility in Alabama. Uh-huh. And the other women in the infertility clinic that I went to. Um, the Alabama IVF case is likely to piss off Republican women who love babies, who want children, who want a family. Uh-huh. Um, so let's go through this story. The Alabama Supreme Court issued a divided opinion on Friday declaring fertilized unimplanted embryos as children under Alabama law. Justice James Mitchell writing for the court, unborn children are children under the act without exception based on developmental stage, physical location, or any other ancillary characteristics. The ruling reverses a lower court dismissal of the suit filed in 2022 by three couples over the destruction of embryos by a patient at Mobile, which is Mobile, Alabama, infirmary. The Alabama ruling permits three couples to sue for wrongful death after their frozen embryos were destroyed in an accident at the fertility clinic. Even before birth, all human beings have the image of God. Now, see that right there. Right. (laughs) God in his wisdom. Uh Uh-huh. Loving versus Virginia. Uh Uh-huh. This is absolutely theocracy. I can't can't believe that they, they put that in there. At the beginning uh-huh. the of chief, the decision. The chief justice. The chief justice. Yeah. Even before birth, all human beings have the image of God and their lives cannot be destroyed without effacing his glory. Mm-hmm. That is, that's loving versus Virginia right there. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that a, that a Alabama judge of all people didn't know that you don't, if you're going to do that, you're going to lose in the higher courts. If, I don't know. If you're. If your argument is God and his wisdom has separated the races and God and his wisdom made embryos human beings, I don't know. Anyway, um, this this same justice. How many years was it illegal to have interracial marriage in Virginia? Well, you know, the federal law took that over, right? Right. Loving Uh versus Virginia removed the the restrictions on interracial marriage nationally. Right. But it was not removed from the Alabama Constitution until 2000. Yeah. So, you know, I understand um, that. I'm not talking 2000 like that wasn't. uh, I'm talking about 24 years ago. Right. I'm talking about in most of the lifetimes of people talking, Alabama decided, oh, we'll remove that from our Constitution. The Uh, ban on interracial marriage. I was. 2000. I was born and alive during a time when my first marriage would have been illegal in like 13 states. Clarence Thomas's marriage would have been illegal too. Yeah. Yeah. So those, I I am, I I hope the federal law will catch up with this eventually, but these things linger for a good long time. It hurt a lot of people while they're on, because some fucking theocrat in robes just declares that he knows what God wants. And this is what God's will is from the fucking bench. There's so many other ways you could have done this. You could have insisted that uh, IVF clinics must have a contract with their patients. And the the contract either says, we'll save your embryos or we'll destroy them. And you have to sign that. That, But that makes it a property case. And then it's a contract issue. Yeah. But but then it makes it embryos property and not sweet baby Jesus's chosen children. Right. And facing his glory. Right. So the same justice, Tom Parker, was on a QAnon talk show. And he indicated that he is a proponent of the Seven Mountain Mandate a theological approach that calls on Christians to impose fundamentalist views on all aspects of American life. Yeah. I'm afraid, Drift Glass, that 
Democrats are, I, my first thought was Democrats are going to have to run against this white Jesus, right? Yeah. But I think that's the wrong tact. Mm -hmm. What Democrats are going to do, and Democrats are very, very good at doing this, Mm -hmm. is plopping a white Christian woman on a sofa and having her talk. Oh, yeah. That's, you know. And that's your commercial. Mm -hmm. And you know who they could get to do that, Drift Glass? Mrs. Mike Pence, who had a child via IVF. Yeah. This is not, infertility is not a political choice that, it, God gives only to Democrat women. <laughs> no, but and I, and there are a lot of grandmothers out there who know they wouldn't be a grandmother without mm-hmm. IVF. Oh, hi. It's this is not this is bad for Republicans. It, it, it is bad for Republicans, but it's wrong to say that it's not a partisan issue because it really is a partisan. It, well, issue. it is. It, it absolutely is, a, is. And if you is. if you're mad about it, you you only have one choice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But here's a fun fact. And, and I've known about this for a long time, too, because I lived in Alabama. Alabama Supreme Court justices are elected. These fuckers are elected. And they're elected, you know, we had the whole controversy, controversy, I hate using that word, that asshole who wanted to put the Ten Commandments in the middle of the Supreme Court building. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Tom Parker would be up for reelection this year. And we could, and Alabama could vote him out. But he's not running because he's over 70 and you can't run for re-election if you're over 70 for a court seat. Mm-hmm. You can for go, you can for other things. But mm-hmm. judges have a term limit, uh, age limit. Um, if you're if you're 69 and a half, you can run, but then you, you serve out your term. If you're on election day, if you're 70 and over, you can't run for re-election. So this Got is it. his swan song. This yeah. is his his way of getting right with Jesus or God or whatever mm-hmm. before he retires. Or it's his it's his you know resume interview for a, for, a shot as QAnon talk show, right? The QAnon talk show yeah. or the or whatever, right? Lobbying for life, right? His, his, his post judicial uh, he's going to do the, the seven mountain mandate lobbying organization. Sure, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's not done. No, um, but yeah. You plop a good Christian woman who loves her child and mm-hmm. you put that blonde. I'm sorry. I know it's racist. I know it's racist. You put a little blonde baby on her lap uh-huh. and you say, you know, I, I take this child to Sunday school every day and we pray to Jesus. Don't we, honey? Mm-hmm. Yes, and mommy. she would. This little Christian child would not be here if it weren't for in vitro fertilization. And you have a giant cross behind her on the wall. Right. You have her Bible. She's reading the Bible. <laughs> I mean, you're really going overboard here, but why not? You know, every, you, you signal it in all kinds of ways that are more subtle than that. That she's your people. That she's mm-hmm. your, she's in your tribe. Right. And then you run that ad mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And then you run the 24 year old who could be anybody's granddaughter uh-huh. who was raped. Uh huh. And. She, you know, or she, she hemorrhaged and now she has a baby on her lap that she was able to have because she had surgery. She had the abortion that caught, that she had to have it removed or she would have died or she would have, her fertility would have been at risk. And you do plain folks ad after plain folks ad. And you do mm-hmm. a plain folks, and this already, Biden's already done this. You do a plain folks ad about insulin. Yep. You know, a senior citizen man, this is, this, this is a great ad. I've seen it. The senior citizen man living in a trailer, his wife, he's a widower 
And he was afraid he was going to lose his trailer because he couldn't afford insulin. He was, he had a choice between homelessness or death Mm -hmm. and negotiating that. And he's over 65. So he's on Medicare and now his insulin is $15 a month and he can afford that and he can support himself and he can stay in his home. That's all he needed was that little help. A veteran. We're going to talk about in the news roundup about veterans that can keep their homes now. Well, as long as we're pitching commercials, I mean, I gave yeah. you my Harrison Ford idea a few weeks ago. Right, right. Is, that, 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 that'll work. Harrison Ford on a plane explaining, I'm an actor. I'm yeah. not the president. I played a president on a plane. I had a fight with a Russian agent. That's yeah. not how government works, asshole. fights. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm an old man, too. In fact, I'm older than Joe Biden. But Joe mm-hmm. Biden's doing the job I can't do. Right. I would also suggest putting someone like me in an abortion commercial mm. with my Carhartt jacket and my deer cap standing in front of an F-150 covered with mud going, these sons of bitches want to tell my daughter how to run her life. Yep. You know, I raised I, her. I, I raised, raised her my right. daughter to be a uh-huh. good woman. And yeah. she went to college and she's doing great. And these sons of bitches want to tell her how she can do her life. Well, that's none of their goddamn business. Right. And so right. forth. I think. And that's how you, co- run, that's how you run against the, the, you know, white Jesus. Yeah. The pro-choice Which, who, dads. Get fake, pro-choice, yeah, dads, pro-choice in there. dads. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. Get them in there. I got, I got uh, from the last campaign, the last year, I've got a whole bunch of uh, uh, graphics for that. Yeah. I did a pro-choice bunch of visuals. Uh, yep, pro-choice dads. For the dads. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, let's yep. move on to a news roundup, let's, Blue Gal. All right. Uh, via Newsweek, this, this floored me. Uh, Last Friday, Judge Arthur Engeron ruled that Trump will be fined roughly $355 million and barred from doing business in New York for three years after a months-long civil trial in which Trump was found liable for both tax and insurance fraud against the state of New York. All right. Everybody knows that. Right. Yesterday, Trump's attorney Clifford Roberts filed a letter in the New York City Civil Court addressed to Engeron, Dear Judge which argues Trump was deprived of the chance to speak out against the ruling before it was filed. According to court records, Roberts requested the chance to propose a counterjudgment to Engeron's ruling, adding that it would be contrary to fundamental fairness uh-huh. if not allowed to submit a counterjudgment. Sure. Now, look, I know I murdered, you know, my mother. Mm-hmm. And I know you said that I should go to jail for life for that, but I have a counteroffer. Right. Because, you know, this is just like haggling over rims on the Maxwell right. Street, you know, outdoor market. <laughs> okay, you, it, it says 50 bucks. Look, I got 15. Can't we meet in the middle somewhere? Can't we? No, this is a fucking courtroom. You broke the law. You broke it hard. And you're already guilty. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Trump says he sabotaged the bipartisan deal to secure the border because, quote, it made it much better for the opposing side, unquote. Yeah, and Again, John Harwood said the opposing side being America, yeah, the United Again, States and their borders. Just saying saying the quiet part out loud, because this is they, Republicans did this all during the Obama administration. Yeah. They did it all during the Clinton administration. You might recall that we desperately needed a tax increase to pay down, if you listen to our last podcast, no, mem- no fair remembering the Clinton budget surplus, you'll remember that this country desperately needed a tax increase to start to pay down the massive deficits that the Republicans had run up. And Republicans refused to vote for it. In fact, it took a 51 to 50 vote in the Senate with Al Gore casting the deciding vote to break the Republican attempt to destroy the economy in order to fuck over Bill Clinton. So, They've done this forever. 
And so stop being surprised they do it again. New York Times PitchBot was funny this week. Jane Fonda's trip to Hanoi was an act of betrayal. Tucker Carlson's trip to Moscow was an act of supreme patriotism. Fake elector throws Trump supporters under the bus. Former Republican Party of Wisconsin chair and fake elector Andrew Hitt tells Anderson Cooper in 60 Minutes he went along because he was scared of Trump and his supporters. Biden, quote, Tens of millions of people were literally about to have their debt canceled, but MAGA Republicans in Congress sued us and the Supreme Court blocked us. But that didn't stop me. I announced an alternative path for student debt relief, unquote. As a result, Biden emailed 153,000 student loan borrowers to tell them this week that their student loan debt is canceled. Quote, I hope this relief gives you a little more breathing room. The message says, now your debt must be over 10 years old and you must apply for the SAVE plan, S-A-V-E, to get the relief. Uh, uh, This next story just cracked me up. Uh, Bridget Gabriel, right-wing loon and founder and chairman of Act for America, told her one million followers, quote, Kid Rock and Jason Aldean have responded to the New York's extreme attack on President Trump by removing the state from their you can't cancel America tour. This is a big deal and a sign of the silent majority rising again, unquote. All right, now everybody just wait for it. Wait for it. Readers added context they thought people might want to know. This statement is categorically untrue. This came from Dunning-Kruger Times, which is a satirical <laughs> newspaper. Way to go, Bridget Gabriel. Wait, you just She's keep never being... heard of Dunning-Kruger, has she? No, because she is Dunning-Kruger. Yeah. Yeah. From NBC News, the Dominion lawsuit. Dominion wins access to Newsmax journalists' text messages in its defamation case. The ruling is a blow to the conservative news organization, which said in filings that it had avoided such a mandate in a similar case. (laughs) Please don't look at my notes. Please don't look at my notes. Uh, Former Congressman Trey Gowdy, remember him? Republican South Carolina. Quote, Americans don't want women or doctors imprisoned over abortion. Republicans in my state are advocating for the death penalty for a rape victim who gets an abortion, unquote. He likes his job on CNN, doesn't he? He does. Um, Laura Trump is also giving the game away. When I become co-chair of the Republican Party, I will make sure that every penny of every dollar donated to the RNC Mm -hmm. is going to Trump's campaign. (sighs) And the entire House Republicans went, you're doing what now? What? Yeah, don't worry. There won't be a nickel left for anybody else. Nikki Haley is still keeping a foot in both camps. She says she supports the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling threatening IVF access for women made possible by Trump ending Roe versus Wade. Embryos, to me, are babies. As I said, they're totally unaware of how many good Christian Republican women with a lot of money Mm -hmm. have had IVF. Mm -hmm. They just are. President Biden instructs his campaign to amp up highlighting the, quote, crazy shit, unquote, Trump says at rallies and on social media. Senator Joe Manchin, God, I hate that guy. Please be gone. Declines <laughs> to endorse President Biden after announcing he won't seek his own presidential run. I'm not endorsing anybody right now. We're going to see what happens. He said, we still got plenty of time here. Nice guy. What an He's asshole. looking to sign up on corporate boards yeah. and he doesn't want to make anybody mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 4,000 homes owned by veterans across the country were foreclosed as of mid-October, and 6,000 more were in danger of foreclosure. 
After review of the foreclosures, the Veterans Administration under Joe Biden will buy missed mortgage payments from loan servicers to create a new no-interest loan that will be due when the home is paid off. So the borrower can stay in their homes. It's like a loan reset. And that's fantastic news. Way to go, Joe Biden. Nancy Mace is having a really glorious pissing match with Kevin McCarthy. Remember Kevin McCarthy? Because he is backing her primary challenger as revenge for her voting to kick his ass out. We here at the Professional Left podcast are, as they say, rooting for injuries. (laughs) McCarthy said that Mace needed to, quote, seek help for psychiatric issues. And Mace responded in a long, angry rant, which I will now read. Quote, guess what? I heard the disgraced former speaker was talking a lot of smack this week and said I need help. Well, guess what? I do need help. I need help to raise a dollar or $5 or $10, $100 for my campaign to hit back against the establishment, to hit back against people like McCarthy. He put our majority at risk. He lied to the American people. He couldn't even hold his speakership because he's a loser. So yeah, Kevin, I need help to raise money so I can hit back at your hand-picked opponent who's now your puppet, unquote. I stand by what I said on social media, Blue Gal. Nancy Mace truly is the Laura Logan of Orly Tates. <laughs> Today in Don't Mention the Republicans headline in the New York Times, quote, Biden administration blames Congress for the fall of Ukrainian city. And this was uh, Keith Olbermann's worst person in the world today. As a bill with $60.1 billion in military aid for Kiev languishes in the House, a spokeswoman pointed to the city's fate as the cost of congressional inaction. Not, not congressional. It's not Congress. It's Republicans. Oh, my God. From our Technica outbreak potential, measles erupt in Florida. This is a terrible story. Uh, measles erupt in Florida school where 11% of kids are unvaccinated. Over 100 children at the school are susceptible to the virus. Meanwhile, Florida's dangerously unqualified Surgeon General says unvaxxed kids exposed to an entirely preventable me- the measles outbreak can skip quarantine. On Tuesday, nearly 20% of the school's 1,067 students are reportedly absent. It just, Jesus. Sickening. It's, it's so heartbreaking to hear that. From Daily Coast, 14 GOP-led states that rejected money to help feed kids this summer because they have to split just the administrative costs with the federal government. Mm-hmm. This is the Summer Electronic Benefit Transfer Program, which provides low-income families with $120 in food assistance per eligible child while schools are out of session. And it will officially launch as a permanent program this summer. Started in 2011 as a pilot project that served 12,500 families, Summer EBT has grown exponentially over the past decade and will reportedly help just under 21 million children this summer. The federal government estimates that it will provide $2.5 billion in benefits. It's a very light lift for states, which need only split the administrative costs with the federal government. Unfortunately, 14 states, all of which currently have Republican governors, have rejected using federal money to help feed millions of children while school is out for summer. According to the Associated Press, those 14 states are home to around 10 million eligible children. CPAC. You know who they are. Banned MSNBC from covering their event this year. This is from Crooks and Liars. That's your little uh, blog on the side. That's where I work, yeah, Uh in the mornings. Uh The Conservative Political Action Committee founder, Matt Schlapp, said MSNBC and other left-leaning media outlets would no longer be credentialed for these events. As CPAC was set to kick off on Wednesday, Schlapp told Steve Bannon on the war room that the event would not allow coverage from journalists who were, quote, 
100% anti-Trump. What if they're only 98% anti-Trump? From the nation, some good news that you can file under Democrats getting shit done. Mm -hmm. Michigan just became the first state in six decades to scrap the infamous anti-union law right to work. Democrats empowered by voters in 2022 overturned the right to work law as a part of a sweeping pro-labor agenda that's a model for other states. And in local news, speaking of other states, J.B. Pritzker has decided to copy Ned Lamont Uh and use federal dollars to buy medical debt for a great many Illinois residents. We're so proud. We couldn't be prouder, Driftglass. Our our best governor. Best governor. Best governor. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is Sparkle. Now, we all know that every internet kitty is beautiful, but Sparkle is a fashion model cat and possibly a reincarnated celebrity. Jimmy Durante. And he clearly knows it. Cary Grant or somebody like that. Sparkle was sent in by friend of the pod, Roger, who writes, uh, Sparkle is 13 years old. He belongs to my daughter. And 13 may not sound impressive until one considers the environment in which he reached that ripe old age. My daughter lives in an urban wildland boundary area, which is populated with raccoons, foxes, coyotes, large hawks, and mountain lions. Sparkle is very sly at sneaking out of the house and is often gone all night long hunting. He avoids being eaten while capturing and often bringing home, you know, things hunt, that he's hunted. Critters. I'm not going to get into it. But, critters. you know, uh-huh. he, he, he does bring home things, yes. For his people. For his people. He loves his people. And he loves cuddling. And he goes on walks with humans as one might expect a dog to follow along. He is gregarious to a fault with all of the neighbors. One neighbor revealed that Sparkle introduced himself by getting into the neighbor's house and hopping onto his lap while he was watching television. Because he likes TV. He likes TV. We've got a cat like that. We've got a definite. Olive just loves TV. Mm -hmm. I just hope, Driftglass, that we don't have to pay for this celebrity endorsement. Sparkle Eats Freshly Poured Cat Food, our fake sponsor. Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, your cat will sit on the kitchen floor and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh my lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit Sparkle, gorgeous, gorgeous cat, at our Facebook page and website. And you can send your internet kitty dog or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write to us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Do not forget our gourmet coffee guidelines. Please, if you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, Buy one for us. Summer's coming. Spring is here. It's like 60 degrees here. Buy us a hot coffee or a cold one. We're right in that sweet, sweet middle zone. This isn't charity. This is our job. If you can spare five bucks a month, please do. And you can pay that for that at patreon.com forward slash Pod. Please share our show on social media. And I must say, Blue Gal, the phrase 
share our show on social media is very hard on my S sounding face. So we'll have to change that for the next show. And if you love this podcast, please get someone to listen else other than yourself. That would be appreciated as well. See, my words are all leaving me, blue gal. And thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Oh, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties want everyone to know that if CPAC really has a blacklist, they want to be on it. Let's think about living. Think about living. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the humping and the popping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow and the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Professional F Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2024-25, GGBG Production.